Blue Wire. All right. Well, welcome in everyone to That's What B Said, episode number 37. Uh, tonight, I am joined. Well, first of all, I'm Breezy Clee, um, Bree Russ, joined by Miss Bird's Eye View. There's only two of us tonight. Hi, Britt. Hello. Brittany Mollis. Uh, yeah. So we're missing Meredith tonight. She's got some work activities, um, which is fair. Uh, baseball is obviously in full swing. So she's got some other things going on. And we figured, why not have a show? Because uh, it has not been a slow news day at all, so we have a lot of things to cover and talk about. I'm excited to decompress with you, Brittany. It's been a long day. So much. And I'll tell you, we got this rundown together this morning, <laughs> and then by 6 o'clock, it nothing, was relevant. nothing mattered anymore. And I was like, all right, Brittany, got to make some changes. Yeah, so. so I actually, Brittany, I had to go into the office today, and it, it like first time I've been into the office setting for quite some time, which that was already like just completely out of my element. Yeah. So Brittany had texted and was like, I'm working on the rundown. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm going to be like just super busy with work today. I'll take a look at it when I get home. Got home, my kids were at soccer practice, so I'm like, I'm going to log on, like take a look at what happened. And I like started reading through, and I was like, Brittany, I was like, literally everything <laughs> changed. It's literally like, been four hours. <laughs> Brittany, this is now shit. We have to can all of it. <laughs> but listen, we, we we will prevail. We will break news as it comes along as this gets released like three days later. So it won't be breaking news anymore. So, right. Um, all right. So we were going to kick off actually with college football because that is really where the biggest news came from today. Um, so there was a lot of rumors swirling yesterday. Um, out of the Dan Patrick show with the Big Ten um, and rumors that they would be canceling their football season. So I was, I woke up this morning just with the full intentions that there would be no Big Ten football. Um, and a girl that I work with is actually a Penn State fan. So she had told mm -hmm. me Penn State already, they were not going to play. So I was like, okay, well, that's, that's not good news. I don't think that this means that Big Ten is going to happen. And then what, like late afternoon, the news broke. Um, yeah not suspended fully they said that they would push the season to spring right which is um, really interesting here's the thing so yesterday was interesting because they had said that they the big ten was like meeting and the presidents or you know whoever was having a vote and then there the votes leaked and it said it was you know the two teams that voted to keep the season in the fall, I think were Nebraska and maybe Iowa or something. But then later on they said, you know, this never happens, which I thought was very strange. I was like, okay, clearly something happened that you just, and then you, you know, the, the news leaked and you got the reaction. Maybe it wasn't exactly the reaction that you wanted. And you're like, oh no, no, false report, nothing happened. But then today the news officially broke and all hell went loose as predicted. Per usual. Yeah. Um, but they did say that they're going to push it back to the spring. Now, Brie, yeah, I, I tried because I saw this and, you know, I have a lot of followers and most of them are Ohio State fans. Yes. I don't have a big Notre Dame following yet, unfortunately. <laughs> I'll be working on that. Um, but, you know, once I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm going to throw the Ohio State fans a bone here. And I was like, you know what, guys? spring football might not be that bad if you think about it like okay fall I, I get it like the ambiance and oh, pumpkin Pumpkins. spice that's my thing pumpkins, <laughs> just curl up pumpkin pumpkins spice and watch. yes that's it but spring might be fun I don't know like I'm not just gonna like 
crap all over it because it's not exactly what I wanted. Um, but I, I tweeted that out and I was like, yeah, you know, this could be fine. And immediately, Brie, your and people. I, so I missed this. What did you tweet out? Like you were cool with like spring football? Spring I just said, football. you know, obviously our, our brand here is to sort of spin it to be positive. Yes. So I was like, you know what, guys? Spring football might not be that bad. Whoa. Whoa. You would think that I just shot their mothers. <laughs> They're like, how, how dare you say that? And one of their big complaints, and I get it, they said that, you know, a lot of the players that want to, that are NFL eligible and, you know, the best players, they're not going to want to play in the spring. And okay, that might be true. But this whole situation is so fluid and things change so often. It's hard to, to keep up with, you know, well, what happens next? And what happens next? What happens next? If I had to predict something, and like I did earlier, I said, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see the rest of the Power Five conferences do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and you already saw uh, Pac-12 do it. They said, okay, ours is canceled too. So now you have three left. It's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be tough to get the SEC and ACC on board. I know that because, yeah. you know, the SEC, obviously, but then the ACC is mostly in the South as well. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing about the South is that, they don't believe in like science and stuff. So they just kind of okay. do whatever they want. I'm going to stop you there for a minute because I literally was driving home and I was like, okay, Big Ten, you know, not going to play. Um, Pac-12, not going to play. I was like, mm-hmm. how, how, does, how does any college football happen? Like, does the South slash the ACC and SEC, like, do they just think that they're immune to, to coronavirus? Because like, that's where like the most outbursts are. So I'm like, that's- I'm just very confused. That's what I'm saying. Like the South is like its own country. And I don't know if they realize this, but they're like on the wrong side of most history. Yes. So when you, and just, if you look at the coronavirus and what's happened during this whole outbreak, you have Florida, you have Georgia. Yes. Louisiana, all these places that have been hit so hard because they don't take it seriously. And now they're again, not learning their lesson. And they're like, wow, our science says that our students will be safer on campus. Okay. Oh Yeah. Yeah, so there's that whole side of it with the whole, like, players are – it's better to have players on campus. Okay, like, what about the hundreds of thousands or 50,000-plus students that are also not on campus? Like, what are you – like, is it just the athletes that we are now concerned about, like, where they're going to be? I mean, you have so many students that also, like, have college as a a place that is safer for them. Yeah. Um, So – I, I don't really love that excuse either, but it, it does feel like it's the whole idea of having college football and certain conferences playing is just mind boggling. But then also there's that whole side of like, there are like places trying to recruit players from other mm-hmm. schools, like come play football down in Florida. Mm-hmm. I, again, like my mind is just blown. Like, yeah they think that they're actually above what's happening. Right. And then like, I, I believe I saw it today that the ACC said something about like, well, you know, we're following our science and our data and everything. And it, it's proving that our students will be safer here. And I mean, I don't know. And then I think about, okay, this is my whole thing. Why I think they're all eventually going to have to fold. Um, if you look at the NCAA, mm-hmm. they are, they are a business. That's yes. what they are. They're a business structure. So when you have these five major conferences, they're going to want to keep them together. 
for business sake. Yep. They're not going to want, you know, two conferences playing in the fall and then the rest playing in the spring or some not playing at all. I think they're going to get involved and say, okay, we need some sort of unification here because there is money to be made. Yes. <laughs> That's it. They're, the whole thing, everything comes back to money. So whatever they do, it make more sense to have everyone on the same page. And you already had twofold. I think eventually they're going to sort of force their hand and be like, okay, there's absolutely no football this fall. But yeah, I also, know. I, I didn't, I don't actually know the answer to this. So I'm throwing this out there for anyone that's listening, following along. So in the SEC, ACC currently, are any other sports canceled? Are they just like, are they proceeding as if like everything is happening per usual? It's not just a football thing. Um, I know, know that? that, I know that the big 10, when they canceled all sports. Yeah. But like, so is, like it everything. S- is like SEC and, and ACC, like, are they still proceeding with everything else as well? Like I, I would assume, assume like at this point, they're just like every sport's happening. It seems very on brand for them yeah. that they would just say, okay, everything's fine. Everyone proceed like nothing's going on. Yeah. That okay. would be my guess, but I don't know for sure. Well, so there's a lot of just interesting things coming out of all of this because in my opinion, it's just a domino effect of, hmm. okay, so if football gets pushed out to the spring, do, do they play in the fall? Are, are you expecting players that wouldn't be moving on into the NFL or just like moving on to their next step, whether it's, I don't know, is there an XFL next year in the spring? I don't know. But are they expected to play in two seasons in one year? Because I, I also don't see how that is possible um, or makes a ton of sense either. And I know that that question was brought up by Urban Meyer as well. And then the other piece is like the NFL combine typically happens in February. And then you have um, the senior bowl, you have pro mm-hmm. days, like all of that stuff typically gets kicked off in, you know, late February, early spring. So then how, how does that domino effect work? Does the draft get pushed out? Which by the way, the draft is supposed to be in Cleveland. So uh, when does, yeah, when does that happen? And, and how does this, how does this work? Because you also have, you know, OTAs that would start in the spring. Mm-hmm. Like there's just, so many things that I'm not quite able to put pieces together. And I don't yeah. know if they thought about this in totality and how this really impacts so much more than just college. Yeah. And I'm sure they have. Um, but as far as like the big 10 goes, I haven't seen any plans for how exactly this is going to work because it is a shame. You have these kids who, you know, they want to go pro. Um, what do they do? Do they, you know, have to forfeit their, like, are they going to want to play in the spring? Do they want to jeopardize their bodies like that? So close to like the draft and the, the NFL season. And I don't, I have absolutely no answers. Um, I'm sure people with bigger brains and, you know, they get paid to do this probably have maybe a little idea of what's going to happen next, but you know, as with everything else, this is just such a fluid thing. And it, move so quickly and things change so fast. I don't know how you could plan for any of it, but um, I do, I believe that they're going to have to get everyone on the same page. I don't think they're going to split teams. You know, to me, that doesn't make sense. 
as yeah, a business, you, it doesn't make sense. You would think too, like at this point, they've already been in talks with the NFL because you would have to think that the NCAA and, and the NFL are like closely connected on all these things just based on how much this would directly impact the NFL because the reality is a lot of NFL players are coming from college. Like it's being mm-hmm. funneled from college into professional leagues. So you would think that that conversation is happening. I'm hoping that there's more information coming out over the next few days, next few weeks, whatever it, whatever that means. I mean, we also don't even know what's going to happen with the NFL. Like that's right. again, another fluid situation where we are hoping for a season, teams are preparing for a season. But again, like at this point, you know, it, it's pretty much a day-by-day scenario. Yeah. And then also I was thinking today, what are they going to do about a championship? You know, well, like yeah. if, if there's only like two, I don't know if, yeah, there's two conferences <laughs> playing or maybe three, I don't know if that even happens, which I don't think will, but if it no. does say that they're, you know, the, the power five, three, of the power five playing, what is it a real championship then? Cause like, you know, Pac-10 and big T- or Pac-12 and big 10 are like not involved at all. I mean, this is what ESPN wants anyway. They just want all SEC teams in. So like for them, it's like, <laughs> this is fine. Like you, you know what? Like if that were to happen, you could, you could fast forward 2040. If we were in 2040 and say this, this happens and, and it's just the SEC playing, we would look back and be like, oh, 2020, you know, that's weird. There's just all SEC teams. Like, okay. Like that makes sense. Like, you wouldn't even know. Like that, that's the reality. So ESPN would actually love that. That is very true. Yes. Good point, Bree. Oh, man. I mean, so the, <laughs> the only other thing that I wanted to kind of cover on this, and Brittany, you brought this up as well, but players, Trevor Lawrence, um, Justin Fields, they were among two of the college players um, yesterday that were tweeting, like similar to the NFL players, like we want to play. Um, they, they listed out their roles of what they wanted to see in order to feel comfortable moving forward into the season. Um, which I love seeing players um, having an impact like these college players, like they don't get paid. I mean, I understand that there are scholarships that they are awarded, but the Mm -hmm. reality is like there is potentially a liability from a health standpoint by playing college football. And, and again, we don't know long-term effects of COVID that that is still being figured out. This could impact their future NFL or professional career in some Mm -hmm. sense. So I was happy to see them tweeting about it again. Like, obviously it didn't matter based on the season being canceled um, for most of collegiate football. But do you think that there should be a player union? Absolutely. I've always, like ever since, you know, the whole subject, the whole debate started, uh, you know, pay the players, whatever. Yes, absolutely. These players should be made, you know, when you went to, when you were in college, did you work a job? Okay, like I did, I worked at a grocery store all through, but because I need money, college kids just need money. Yes, and you know they're like, oh, they get tuition. You can't spend tuition at Taco Bell. Like that's not <laughs> also tuition, tuition is go- expensive. Yes, <laughs> but like the these kids, this you know the NCAA is making millions off them. These these universities are making millions off them. They should see some of that. Yes, like that that's it's on their backs. They're, they should be profiting from some of this. Yes. So when it comes to like you know, protection and unions and, you know, yeah, college kids should have that. They should have someone looking out for them, someone that's not, you know, involved so much. I, I don't understand. And this is a great argument for it, looking at something like this, because you have like a middleman there that's, you know, you know, between the universities and the kids and they say, 
well, you know, we, there is a, a level of liability here. Okay. Then, you know, protect everyone involved. I don't see why this, these sort of things are so complicated to people. Yeah. I think a lot has changed too, just over it, like over the past decade or past few decades, just with social media, like these players that are now in college, like they grew up in the social media era, era. They are used to like living their lives out in the open. And then when they become, you know, out in the forefront of being playing football on a national stage or playing basketball on a national stage, like their names are out there and they're out there from a social media team. I mean, they have hundreds of thousands of followers. So they are already yeah. like they're influencers in my mind. Like yes. it's, it's no different than what you see people posting on Instagram where they have hundreds of thousands of followers and they are selling themselves. Like they are marketing their own brand. Like these athletes are their own brand and mm-hmm. they should profit off of themselves. Like I just, it, it is just such a new day and age. Like back in the day, like you didn't have this, like you didn't, athletes didn't really have a voice. They were just like, guys in uniforms and now like you you know who they are like you know trevor lawrence you know justin fields like you start to understand like who they are and who they will become so i i just think yes like agreed like things are so different now and uh universities are profiting and they deserve to profit off of their own names yes and i had someone ask me yesterday because i i tweeted about this and they said you know what's the correlation between paying the the students and you know everything that's going on now. I said, there's not like so much of a correlation, but you know, the bigger argument here that the thing that I saw frequently the past couple of days is all these people suddenly very concerned about these young men. And, you know, if you send them back to their poor neighborhoods, like you're putting them in danger and these kids don't have anything. First of all, like I, there are kids that are in situations like that. Not everyone, not everyone comes from, you know, uh, poor neighborhoods and this is their only way up. That's not Talk about true. a stereotype. Right. So they say these things and I'm like, okay, well, if you're so worried about the financial stability and making themselves better, you know, having, um, better family, you know, support and, and all that, just pay them. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> that makes too much sense, Brittany. <laughs> way too that, much Brittany. sense. Like <laughs> they deserve to be at the university, but they don't actually deserve like any money, like outside right. of a scholarship. Right. I think the, like the other crazy thing to think about though is like they can't even like get a sponsor. Like that's like that's the other thing. It's not even like college paying them. If YouTube wanted to sponsor a show mm-hmm. and have them go like and talk weekly, like they can't even profit off of that. Like no, come on. Like that is like what most people do these days. Yes, it's a shame. A shame. All right, we have more to get into. Um, a lot of weird things have happened. Uh, over the last week, really weird things. And we're going to shift into MLB and the Indians because, whoa, Sunday uh, mm-hmm. news broke that Indians pitcher, Zach Plesak, um was caught. He went out after the game against Chicago on Saturday evening with his friends, I guess. And then it was reported that they he had to drive back in a rental car. Okay. So They found out he was sent back. He was shipped off. Okay, so that story broke. And then Clevenger actually commented on this incident, saying that it was wrong of him and that they will take care of things in-house. Plot twist. We found out Mike Clevenger also broke the safety protocol. He was with Plesak, but he didn't actually confess to that 
he flew home with the rest of his team and was not sent home because he didn't tell anyone. But he's sorry now, Brittany. He's sorry now. Did he say it in like weird fonts? Is that I, how you listen, apologize? <laughs> I have so much. There's so much to unpack from this story. I'm going like, to let you start. How do you let this guy drive himself home in a rental car alone? The drive Knowing damn well that okay, you, you were, were there. Him? Like that's number one. That's violation number one. If I'm Zach, please say, I am so pissed yes. that he just threw me under the bus and was like, well, see you later. I'm going to travel with the team. Like, <laughs> oh yes. my God. That level of betrayal, first of all. Then you have the whole level of betrayal to the entire team. And I was kind of afraid to, like, I didn't really say much about this. Number one, because uh, me and my friends, we went out to a bar for a couple hours on Saturday. Yep. And it, we were crucified for yes, it. I saw. So I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to say anything about anyone going out. Whatever. But now that we're on the podcast, I'm going to say whatever I want. Yes, no, I'm of course. That's what he said. But then you have this level of betrayal to the entire team, including the man who might have a compromised immune system from chemotherapy, and you just don't care? Like, I, I'm blown away by this news. Can I ask you a question, though? Because you brought it up. You went to a bar on Saturday night. Yeah. Do you have Mostly a contract? Saturday afternoon. Okay. Do you have a contract... Or are there rules where you cannot go out in public? And are you being paid millions of dollars? No. Okay. Although we should be, right? <laughs> yes, God. we should be. We should be. If anybody wants to pay us a million dollars to not go anywhere, <laughs> sign me up. I'm in. Um, so I think that, like, that's my big thing. Like, based on what we saw happen with the Marlins, right? Like, they violated the rules of the MLB. Um, they, took a, they took a big risk, and, and they paid for it. They yeah. kind of started the whole, like, this can't happen in the MLB. Like, we can't have these incidents happening. And you would have thought that other teams' players would have learned from this. And we've even had Indians players commenting on that. And I, and I think, mm -hmm. um, was it Plesak or was it Clevenger that was one of them talking about, I think it was Clevenger, who commented on the Marlins and how, how that was oh, horrible. That yeah, yes. it's not important. We shouldn't be – I think that was Plesak. Oh, was it Plesak? I'm like, it was I one of so. them. Yeah, so I think it was him. We so we learned we learned of that, and then you had this happen. And my whole thing is, it's a sixty game season. Okay, mm -hmm. it has been shortened already. You're playing every pretty much every single day or night. Mm -hmm. You're getting millions of dollars to play this game. You can't not go play. Like you can't just stop yourself from going out, going to have a drink. Like, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand how hard it is. Like this, this is what you sign up for. Yes. Like that's it. And, and you, you have a adults. dream job. You have a dream job. Yes. So treat it like a dream job. And you know, I, this year is different, but you, like you said, it's a short season. It's not like they expect you to behave yourself every night from, you know, what is, spring training starts in March through October, September, October. Like it's not that. It's just a couple months, guys. Just a couple months. Yes. Stay in your hotel rooms. Don't, you know, order I don't a drink. Understand. I don't know. Like, Get room just, service. I mean, hang out together. Fine. Yeah. Like, hang out together. You're on the team together. Like, go hang out as a group. That's fine. Like, I don't care. I don't have a problem with that. Like, 
I mean, I understand it's a sacrifice. It's hard. It is really hard. But again, like, mm. this is what you signed up for. And also, I'm just going to just put it back to performance and on-field performance. This is really frustrating as a fan and probably coaching manager staff. Like, the Indians pitching is some of the best in baseball right now. Yes. So not only are you sacrificing potential health of teammates on your team, but now this also could be something that hurts the team in terms of how they play, how they perform moving forward. Again, it's a 60 day season. Uh, I I just read prior to coming on here, they have to have two negative COVID tests in a row after 72 hours. So again, like symptoms can show from what, two to 10 days, I believe Mm -hmm. um, once having them. So you know, this, this is a big deal. And I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm a typical mom. I'm like, I'm disappointed in you. Zach. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. <laughs> uh, because I think this says more about them and their character than it does about the situation, but they were selfish. Um, and again, like, I think this just goes to show you that they feel that they, they're above, they're above these rules. And I don't like yes. that. No, I don't like it. And God forbid either one of them test positive, especially Clevenger, because he was around everyone. What happened? And then, you know, you go into this domino, everything, everything in the world now is a domino effect. So, you know, say he tests positive and he infected other people. Like what happens then? Then, you know, everything that they've been working for, everything that everyone else on the team is taking seriously is all for naught. Because, you know, if you, you have to like postpone for, I don't know, what is it, like 10 days or something, 10, 14 yeah. days. And that, that, like, that's a quarter of the season almost. Exactly. Like, that's, you can't afford this anymore. And I saw some like pretty ignorant comments about, because people were breaking up Carrasco and obviously with Clevenger being around him, like I saw some pretty ignorant comments about, I'm sure. well, Cookie can, like Cookie, Cookie doesn't have to play. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Like, he is putting his trust and faith in his teammates around him. Yeah. Like that to me, like he shouldn't have to opt out because he's scared of catching COVID. Like he also wants to play and there are rules in place to keep the player safe. All they have to do is follow them. Like if cookie felt comfortable enough by saying that based on the rules that we've laid out as a team, I'm comfortable playing, then you should abide by that. That's it. Very simple. But there is one positive in this. Yes. I'm going to read it. Go ahead. Says, oh my God. I can't stress enough how much the Indians need to pay Frankie Lindor, by the way. Okay. Okay. So he commented on it. He said, we have to sit and look ourselves in the mirror. And it's not about the person we see in the mirror. It's who's behind you, the other people. It's not about that one person. It's about everybody around you, the family members, the coaching staff, Carrasco, all the players on teams that are high risk. We're in a time right now with COVID, with racism, with everything. This is a time to be selfless. This is when we have to sit back and understand this is not about one person specifically. It's about everybody. It's about your neighbor and your neighbor's neighbors. It's not just you specifically. I mean, I love him. What a a mature statement. And it's, it's so true. And Brittany, you put in the rundown here, and I think this is really important just to visit really quickly, but empathy goes a long way in these times Mm -hmm. and compassion and really just taking a step out of your own shoes and putting yourselves in the position of others, because we've said this before, but like other people are fighting their own battles. Like you have no idea what your neighbor 
is going through. Mm -hmm. And you wrote down here, like put yourself in Carlo Carrasco's cleats for a moment. Mm -hmm. You're one fifth of a rotation recording historic numbers. You were diagnosed 14 months ago with leukemia. You learn that your fellow teammates broke the team protocols. And then you have to hear their statements. Mm. So um, Clevenger's statements today that was released, um, you know, a few hours ago, um, there is implicit trust that each of my teammates share as we navigate a season during this pandemic. And I broke that trust in Chicago. I made the mistake and he goes on to say that he violated the protocols, blah, 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 blah. I owe them better. I realize exposing myself to one person more than necessary. I'm putting myself, my teammates and the guys I compete against the umpires, blah, 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 blah at risk. There's no excuse for my actions. I can take responsibility and learn from my mistakes. I promise my actions will reflect a full understanding of the protocol set in place while I continue my cash passion for competing for the incredible Indians fans in the city that I adore. I mean, listen, this is a prime example of I got caught. Yes. Now I have to make the statement. Like, yes, I just think it drips in sincerity. Um, and I just, I don't know. Clevenger went down a notch for me. No. And then, well, he's been down notches for me. Yeah. Let me just explain. (laughs) See, like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't judge people based off things that I hear, but, you know, sometimes I like to see drama unfold. So I would, (laughs) I was following his, I think it was like his girlfriend or, I don't don't think it was his wife, but his like ex-girlfriend. And man, this guy like left them on him, her and their two children on Mother's Day. Like, I guess he like walked them out of their house. Oh yeah. This was that story. Was that a year ago? Yeah. That was last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So ever since then, I was like, oh, sunshine, not so sunshiny. Not so sunshiny. (laughs) I'm not really buying the sunshine act. I think it's all facade. So, I mean, this sort of just proves once again that I'm right about something. (laughs) (laughs) But then, uh, this was interesting. I also put this in the rundown. Uh, Francona's comments about it, which I don't really know what he's talking about. Like, he might be insinuating what you just said. He said, Francona said, Plezak and Clevenger are in different stages of acceptance yeah. in terms of understanding what their actions meant. Yeah, so, I saw that too. Very interesting wording. Yeah, different stages of acceptance. First of all, you're not toddlers, <laughs> exactly. except that you did something wrong. Yes. You broke protocol. You put people in danger. This isn't something to be denied. Like, you accept it because this is a fact. So, which one of these two? Honestly, I don't know. It could be either one. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I mean, <laughs> so which so one of these two is denying facts? So here's Plesak's, um Instagram post that he posted. Life can throw some crazy things at you, but how you respond is the treat, is the testament. What mm-hmm. you may think is harmless can actually have consequential outcomes. And the lesson learned is this. The most important thing we can do is take care of each other, all caps. Putting others first and having the character to understand why there is a greater impact if we are selfless. So, I mean, listen, they probably had their manager or agent or... PR person, like write this up for them and have them post yeah. it. I, I don't know. I, I just think like to what we talked about earlier, Clevenger to me just feels a little bit more insincere. And that would be based on the sheer fact that he lied about it in the first place. Like, right. Just, I don't know. That to me says, I think a lot about the whole situation. Yeah. I'm 
I don't know, Brie. None of this sat well with me. And then after that, after I saw, well, there are different levels of acceptance. What does, what the hell does that mean? Like, yeah. Okay. I mean, the other thing you have to think about too, like, okay. So the entire team obviously continues on with their season Mm -hmm. and playing and what happens when they come back on the team? Like what happens in terms of just camaraderie, just in terms of like the team, like how do they feel about each other? Like Frankie's words were pretty strong. Um, and, and and rightfully so like they should be. Um, but you have like two pitchers on the staff that Mike Clevenger like claimed himself as a leader. Um, Mm -hmm. that's not a leader to me. Like Frankie has been a leader. Mm -hmm. So how, hopefully they can all come together but like these these are things that in my opinion like can cause that inner turmoil amongst a team and just spread um just negativity and and not be good overall just for the entire team no and there's a lot of apologies that need to be had i agree because you have a full team of guys that are taking this seriously and you guys say well i feel like going out tonight well I don't know. There's got to, there's going to be some awkwardness. There's going to be some tension there. There's, I don't yeah. think there's any way around that. I'd be pissed if I were that. I would just be pissed. Be like, you are so stupid. I agree. So I wanted to bring this up because obviously um, NFL training camp kicks off on Friday. Um, excited to see NFL back um, in some sort of capacity. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking about too, like the NFL is in a similar spot with the MLB where there will be some traveling involved. Um, they can't be locked down in a bubble. They're going to have to have some of these same roles, like not going places, not going out, not being around other people. I mean, I think it's only a matter of time until this same thing happens in the NFL. And there you have, you know, you have 80 guys on a team potentially traveling or like you just have, you have more people on a football team kind of traveling pack to pack. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, telling them that they can't go anywhere after games. I think football's a little bit easier because you're not playing like three game streaks um, mm-hmm. in a, in a city where they would essentially be like traveling either the night before having the game the next day and then ho- hopefully directly flying back. But I think there's still a lot of room for error when it comes to just breaking protocol. Uh, so I don't know. What, I don't know what you think about that, but like it's going to be interesting just in terms of watching that play out. Oh yeah. And like, we've talked about this before, but you know, they are professional athletes. Yes. Which means, you know, probably the majority of them really love this lifestyle that they have where they can, you know, go out and party and do all the fancy stuff that rich people do. And like, that's cool. (laughs) That's cool. You worked for it. You earned it. Um, But a couple weeks ago when we were talking about major league baseball, we said, it's going to be tough to trust these professional athletes to follow the rules in the bubble, it's fine because they lit- they cannot leave. You yes. have like, you know, that tattletale hotline. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's there secluded. It's great. And it works. Unfortunately, I don't think that you can effectively do that with, you know, football, either college or NFL. I don't think mm-hmm. it's possible. It's not feasible. Um, baseball, again, I don't think that was possible to do. I think NBA was special in that it could be done. Um, and good for them. They've done yes. a terrific job. But, you know, as we were saying, you have to trust the athletes are going to follow the rules. And these guys who are used to a certain lifestyle are going to have problems following the rules. And unfortunately, we saw that. And I do think, like you said, we're going to see it with NFL players as well. I think yeah. that's just. I think there's probably um, 
I think a lot of the professional athletes probably think that they're invincible in a sense too, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they can't catch it or they, they won't, they won't be sick from it. Like, I, I do think there's yeah. probably that mindset a little bit too, just because like, they're obviously in the best shapes of their lives. Sure. Um, they're, they eat healthy typically like they, I mean, in their minds, they probably are like, Oh, even if I do catch it, it's, it's, I'll probably be able to survive it. Like, it'll be no big deal. I'll be out for a couple yeah. of weeks, but Um, yeah, I think, I think that piece is really interesting as the NFL kicks off. Um, and I was thinking too, okay, so like, imagine this pandemic happening with like Freddie Kitchens as the head coach. No, (laughs) Brie, I don't, there's enough horror going on in the universe. I don't want to think about how Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Alabama Kitchens would handle a pandemic. Like, (laughs) There's so much that I okay. don't want to think about. And that's at the number one. That's number one. That's I'm going to make you think about list. it because I thought about it today. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Like last season, like so many things went wrong, like off, yes. off of the field. Like, I mean, yes, things were a disaster on the field, but like off the field was just as bad. I was like, can you imagine the turmoil that no. would be going on with the team? No. In a pandemic with like everything being completely different with Freddie Kitchens at the helm. Like, no. Oh and my you, gosh. You know that he had to have been one of those people that are like, oh, it's just a hoax. Like I, you just know <laughs> that he would be, he would lead, he'd be leading that charge, calling it the China virus. Like that. I, I could see that. And I don't generally like to stereotype people, but you know, I will when the situation <laughs> calls for it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that, that was, I just, that was people are, uh, that was not a good thought that crossed my mind today. But I like, part of me was like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. We now have leadership on the Browns staff and from a GM standpoint with Andrew Barry of just like being level-headed, professional, calm, because like you can't have the chaos amongst this because like that is when things just fall apart. Um, and part of, part of me, part of what made me think about that was Nick Chubb, um, spoke to the media today and he was actually asked about it. And with the MLB and all of the issues that we're having with teams breaking pro or players breaking protocol, they Mm -hmm. asked Nick Chubb about it. And and his response was he, he really gave accolades to Stefanski by saying that he was saying to the team, like, listen, like it's going to be different this year. And these are the rules that we need to follow if we want to have a season. And, and we're all adults and that's what we have to do if we want to play. And I think like, that right there is just calming, reassuring. Like, yes, it's different. Yes, I know it's going to be a little bit painful and not like what we're used to, mm-hmm. but this is what we have to do. So lead by example. And I think players are buying in. So that's all we can ask for. Yes, I'm with you. All we can ask for. We got them at the perfect time. I mean, if there's, oh, ever, a global, if there's ever a pandemic, you know you want Andrew Barry leading the charge. <laughs> <laughs> not Freddie Kitchens. Not no. Freddie Kitchens. Oh man. All right. So there's a little bit of, um, NBA chatter too happening, man. It has been a weird, weird week. Uh, so unless you're living under a rock, you have probably seen, um, kind of interest growing in terms of Ben Simmons to the Cavs. So Brittany, I have to ask as a fellow Cavs lover slash Colin Sexton lover, what do you think of this? I think it's crap and I hate it. I, okay. Thank you. I've tried to be nice. I was scared. I was scared. You were going to be like, yes, let's go get Ben Simmons. Oh God. No, Brie. No, no. Like we don't, I am 
it, if there's one thing that's very consistent about me, as far as like the calves go, mm-hmm. is that I have always been a believer in what they're trying to do. I, I believe in this young core of guys that they have and to just these names that have been, you know, bouncing around, yep. they've talked about setting away uh, Sexton and KPJ and Garland and, and you, yeah. And you would have to give up, you know, a significant amount to get Ben Simmons or Who's Honestly, unproven. I, right. And I just, this whole idea, like to me, he's like overrated. Okay. I'm just yeah. going to say that fl- very bluntly. Um, and you don't know the potential of these three guys yet. So to just yeah. be okay with parting with them to get something that you're kind of like, to me, it's, it's a bad move. And I hated that it was reported, but I did see a poll this morning that made me very happy. Yes. Um, Ken Carmen asked if Cavs fans would be okay for trading Colin Sexton for Ben Simmons. And Brie, Cavs fans shocked the crap out of me. I was not expecting <gasps> it. I yeah. thought that they were going to be like, yes, because, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know why, but people just genuinely don't seem to like him. Yeah, but, like, they were like, no, no, we would not do that. And I was like, guys, I, I've never been so happy with Cavs fans as I was this morning. There you go. Yeah, I think with Ben Simmons, he's just a little bit unproven. Like, there's a lot of hype surrounding him. He's been injured a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just don't think we've seen that production. And and I'm not okay with, like, trading away all the young assets that I I do think have upside for the future in order to go after a guy because he's a name. Right. I mean, it's like a star. It's a star that we'd be bringing to Cleveland. But I'm with you, like – Let's keep the young guys um, and let's see what happens. Like things were improving in March. Um, obviously the record didn't show for that, but I think there's a lot of upside within the next few years. And I'd like to sure. see that play out. I was, so I, um, ugh, I really hope this doesn't happen. No, I, I, very, I highly doubt that it will, but I was thinking about something today and you know, um, you heard that saying before. It was like, don't fall in love with potential. And usually yes. like you hear it when dating. Okay. <laughs> and I was talking to my mom. This was probably a couple years ago. And I said, I promise you this relates back to the calves and the young guys. But, you know, I was like, mom, I said, I just, you know, I think one of my problems with dating is that I, I can't find some, like I, ha- I have this, you know, my dad, he's a great guy and he's shown me what men are supposed to be. And I was like, I, there are no men like him. Like, that's never going to happen. There's, it just doesn't exist. And she was like, Brittany, do you think your dad was your dad back when I met him? <laughs> She's like, do you know how long it took for him to become the man that he is right now? It's not like he was just born this way. And, you know, and it just made so much sense to me, Brittany. Yeah. And then I'm thinking about these young guys and they asked, Cassie was like, why do you believe in this young course so much? Because you you got to give them time. Like yes. they, maybe they could become, you know, Jerry Mollis kind of guys. <laughs> you don't know if you don't give them that time. So that's what, I, that's, that's what keeps me going. I'm like, okay, these guys, they, they could be good. You it's don't so know. And, and I just, I would hate to like, just throw them into the ocean and then like, you're done. Get away. Because, you know, I don't want to give up. I'm not ready to give up. I'm not ready to part ways with them for something that I'm not 100% sure about. Yeah, and I think with Bickerstaff, too, like, we were just kind of starting to see, like, what could develop with him as a coach, and 
um, I think I'm with you. Like, let's give him some time to develop underneath him and like, let's yeah. see how it plays out. Um, yes. I have to know though, has Jerry Mollis ever been compared to an NBA player before? No, he's going to be so thrilled. He's going to be so thrilled <laughs> that I just complimented him. Cause I don't think he even knows about this story. Oh, that's really I know. cute. I know. He's not watching now though. So thank Daddy God. Jer. <laughs> well, I'll be looking forward to that tweet tomorrow. Jer. Uh, oh, well, I think that really wraps up like a sports, our sports topic. Um, excuse me. We have the-, the most important thing to talk about. Oh, oh. How oh. dare you forget? That's the whole reason why we even are on tonight. That's the only reason why we exist right now. Yes. Is to share this news. My OBJ? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. So, okay. So it was a weird weekend for me. I, I had gotten some, we'd gotten some work done around our house. Okay. With countertops. Um, <laughs> I decided to post a TikTok video to my 200 followers on, on Thursday night, fell asleep, woke up, wasn't really online all day. Logged on on Friday evening to like 730,000 views on my TikTok, okay? It just kept blowing up over and over all weekend. I think I'm at the point now, I'm almost at 4 million views on this TikTok video. And listen, Brittany, people are attacking me because the of TikTok the kitchen. turned on you. I knew they Counter-tops. would. Countertops. I knew they would. I was would. so disappointed because TikTok has been my escape from negativity. And then all of a sudden... It surrounds me from kitchen counters. I had no idea how passionate people were about kitchen countertops, but now I know there is a special kind of Dale for kitchens. <laughs> Listen, I told you, I saw you that night. The, the, you posted on Twitter too, that TikTok yes, of the counter. Yes. I was like, Brie, I could have literally watched that all day. Wasn't like, That's I why just, I posted it. It was so cool. Were, yes. I don't know how anyone could get mad watching that video. I mean... Yes. Dale's, I guess, will find reasons to attack at all costs. Okay. So then I was trying to like, just stay low key on TikTok. Then after that, I, Sunday, I was cleaning the toilet (laughs) in the bathroom, like scrubbing the toilet and little dude who was actually away all last week, visiting his grandparents in Michigan. Um, he was home on Sunday. So I was cleaning the toilet and he was out in the living room, like getting reacquainted with Alexa. And he was yelling to Alexa to play songs. He loves to like ask Alexa to play songs and then he'll dance. So I'm like scrubbing the toilet and I hear this song being played. I've never heard of it in my entire life. And he's like out in the other room yelling, mommy, mommy, I'm playing the OBJ song. I'm playing the OBJ song. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool, buddy. So like, he keeps saying it. And I like walk out and I'm like, what are you playing? And he was like dancing. And he was like, it's the OBJ song, mommy. I'm playing OBJ. So like, I grabbed my phone. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take a video. You're being super cute now. So I tweeted the video because, you know, everyone loves little dude. It's been a while. He hasn't been on yes, Twitter for a while. Yes. Posted his video. I tagged OBJ, like thinking nothing more than like, haha, this is funny. He responded like, hey, little man. And I it just made our entire day. I mean, it little dude is like, he was hyped. So cute. He was hyped. Can't was wait for it. Was he excited? Yeah, he actually, so we we ordered an OBJ jersey at the beginning of spring when the jerseys came out and we still haven't gotten it yet. So um, the kids are anxiously awaiting for their OBJ jersey to arrive. I don't know if it'll be here before football season at this point. Oh but yeah, gosh. so that that made up for the um, TikTok hating that I got all week. Listen, now I know that all I have to do to get OBJ's attention is have cute children. <laughs> 
doesn't always work that way. So I don't know if the payoff is worth it, Brittany, I guess I'll tell you that. <laughs> also, I would just be a terrible mother. I, barely, <laughs> I didn't even brush my hair today. Can you imagine me with a child? Oh. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough. It It's, it's tough. I ate, um, I was telling Brittany before we came on the show, I ate Easy Mac because we had just gotten back from soccer practice. So it's like nonstop, nonstop uh, busyness, but also entertainment. So there's that. You you do it well, Brie. Oh man, I am. You make it look so easy. I am dying, but yes. Um, little dude, it, little dude is loved by OBJ, I guess. I loved it. That made my whole weekend. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. That was a good end to the weekend. Well, I mean, this is it. This was a good show. We were efficient. It was the two of us. We miss you, Meredith. Um, We hope to see you next week, but you know, we'll see how things go with baseball season. But thank you guys for tuning in um, with us, the two of us. Um, Be sure that you guys subscribe on iTunes, um, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can download us there. Also join us live on Twitter. Uh, We'll keep doing this and hopefully Meredith will be back to join us next week. Yes. And follow uh, Girl Gang Cleveland. Yes. Girl Gang Cleveland. Oh my gosh, wait, wait, before everybody logs off. I was going to mention, okay, so I put the draft out there last week. I tweeted it. We garnered so much interest about the fantasy draft that I think what we're going to have to do, and I know I don't want you guys to attack me for this, but I think we're going to have to do a Draft Kings weekly um, team so that we can have like all 100 people that want to join which I think will actually work better because obviously with the COVID situation, I don't know if it makes sense to draft players for the entire season, knowing that there could be people falling in and out. Mm-hmm. So Brittany, to explain to you, DraftKings draft would be maybe entered into a pool of a hundred or however mm-hmm. many people wanted to join. And we would all be playing against each other, but we can all pick, like we can pick your own players and you change them weekly. So like if you pick Lamar Jackson, someone else, which I will Lamar every Jackson. week. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's my team is just going to be Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Brittany's actually only going to have one quarterback on her entire team. So yes, you like people can have picked the same players. It doesn't have to be, um, we don't, we're not going to break out leagues. It's going to be too difficult. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to put something out there on Twitter eventually. And we'll get that going. That'll be fun because we can every week see how we end up. Like if you're like, you know, I don't know, 99, 99 out of a hundred, like who, who wins each week and then maybe we'll do like little prizes it'll be fun yeah that'll be good i like it all right well now we are officially done i said that announcement i'm sorry that i forgot that um we will talk to you guys all next week